podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, our second weekly free show here from the team at Heart and Hand in which we look ahead to the weekend's fixture and this one is a doozy. Joining me to discuss it is a young product from our Patreon site, more of that later on, it's Mr Chris Bett. Hello Chris. Hello David, very nice to be here. Are you looking forward to the game against the Sheep this weekend? Oh, I'm a bit hesitant. <laughs> <laughs> the reason Chris is a bit hesitant, folks, is due to childcare and work. Chris uh, can't always make the fixtures, but he has made two matches at Ibrox this season against Aberdeen, as well several others, but two in particular. Uh, what happened in those two matches, Chris? Well, we get beaten the first one, 1-0, one, no, obviously, and then yeah. the second one was a cup game. Um, we get beaten that 2-0. No. So, as I said on Twitter, put your money on 3-0 no, Aberdeen. Uh, um, yeah, if that happens, then we're, I'm going to find you and hunt you down, and uh, words, will be, words will be had. But I think that, you know, is it, we're, we're having a kind of a sardonic laugh about it, but that, in a nutshell, has, has been the story of the season against Aberdeen and Glasgow this season. Three matches, three defeats, three awful defeats. Not only were we beaten, we never really looked at scoring, we, it wasn't like you can say, oh our keepers had a great game or oh we just missed so many chances we just really haven't turned up in any of them and they've been incredibly disappointing because of course two of them were, were cup games and they, they ended our chances of silverware this season and for me the most frustrating thing Chris in, in each of the matches against Aberdeen uh, in Glasgow because they, they, they've been different to the ones up north is that they haven't had to do much against us. We know what they're going to do. They're going to sit in. They're going to get men behind the ball and try and hit us in the break. And so far, in three goes, it's worked perfectly. Uh, the the 1-0 defeat Ibrox and the 2-0 defeat Ibrox are very similar. Uh, early goal by Aberdeen, and then you just knew what they were going to do. Sit, on, uh, sit in that uh, lead and defend for... Well, not even defend for life, because we didn't really cause them much No, that's problems. it, yeah. yeah. But um, just sit in and... and compact and hard to beat and that's exactly the story of the two games at Ibrox. The game at Hamden I thought was probably our, our best performance in Glasgow against them but even then we didn't, didn't really create much so we really have to just we, we can't allow uh, fall into their game plan because if we do it'll be the same story again um, I totally agree with you when it comes to Petaudry we we've been by far the better team in the two games unlucky in the first game Obviously, the, the last minute goal, but the 4 2 game, it was a really good game, that actually. Um, we, we were brilliant that night. We have to repeat that sort of performance uh, in front of our home crowd. Yeah, I think what it is is the old fashioned thing, but it's true that the Petaudry crowd won't allow them to play that way against us at home. Um, yeah. Probably to their, to their detriment, really, but the, the crowd would get on them. The atmosphere's pumped up. They feel, you know, they're at home. They've got to go out and put up a show. And they do, they, they, they come out and play a little bit. And if you look, you know, Rangers have been at Petaudry three times this season. Um, a draw in the first match that we should have won despite having 10 men for 80 minutes. Beat them 4-2 in the league, thoroughly deserved. And then I won each draw where I think Rangers probably were a bit fortunate. But uh, these were completely different to the games that we saw in Glasgow. In Glasgow, without that home expectation, Aberdeen have been able to, as you say, just sit deep, sit with a 4-5-1 invite 
Rangers to come at them. And what's been disappointing for me is in all three matches, Rangers have A, got sucked into playing Aberdeen's game, as you said. Um, by that, what I mean is the games have become fractured, loads of little fouls. Aberdeen are very, very good at... Uh, if anyone comes near them, they drop like a stone, and yet they put in challenges themselves. And in both the games that you mentioned, where Rangers had gone down uh, to goal early, breaking up the play was was good for them. You know, that the yeah. fact that they could continually, and they did, they would either go down themselves or they would have wee sneaky fouls and they would break up the play, which got the crowd frustrated, which got the Rangers team frustrated. And we got sucked into that rather than actually just playing our football. And then tactically, though, where I was really disappointed with Rangers um, in these matches has been, it's been the same, you know, same shit all the time and it hasn't worked. And yet we've continued to do it, which is get ball, Square passes along midfield, eventually knock it out wide to a winger. They would cross it in. It would either get blocked or it would get headed away. The whole pattern would repeat. And we lost whole swathes of the game doing this with Aberdeen centre-backs quite happy to go, oh, sure, you know, we, we just need to head this away against really one striker in Alfredo Morelos uh, in the two games at Ibrox. Well, and that... it, it became just repetitive and boring and easy. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like Andrew uh, Considine and Scott McKenna, they will head the ball all day, every day for the rest of their career if they had to. Mm. And that that was essentially our game plan uh, when we're playing them in Glasgow. Um, and I include Hamden that get the ball out wide to Kent or Candace, stick the ball in, and then they would just clear it away. And it was so frustrating. I mean, the way Aberdeen have played against us in Glasgow, it is frustrating. It is not. It's, it's ugly to watch. It is, but. I don't really have a problem with it because they're playing to their strengths. It's up to us to do something to break them down. And they're not a very good team when you go through them. But see see when you're going to go out wide and just cross balls in all day, they'll just eat that up all day long. And that's where we have to kind of change it up a little bit. Mm, absolutely. And uh, Rangers have done that, I think, in the last few weeks. Maybe it's been necessity, I don't know. But with Alfredo Morelos' suspension and Jermaine Defoe coming into the side, Rangers in our last three matches have changed the style somewhat. Scott Arfield has been given a new role, one he seems to be absolutely revelling in currently. And Rangers have played a lot more through the centre and we've been a lot quicker with our possession. We've looked to get it forward quicker, but not maybe constantly wide as much. And we've varied our play. And I think that we came up against a team in Hearts who have a similar back line, I would say, and that they've got the, the Giants in the middle there and, and Suter and Berra, both you know excellent defensive headers of the ball. But Rangers have, because we've mixed it up, we've even managed to get success against them from, from set pieces because unlike when we were playing Aberdeen earlier in the season, they knew what to expect. They could set for it confidently for 90 minutes and just do it. And that's, what I've got for 270 minutes, as it turned out. Whereas against Hearts and, and the, the, the games in recent weeks, what we've done, I think, very well is mix up the threat, which is, yeah, we, we, we do occasionally still have the ability to go wide, but then you've had Tavernier coming in breaking, you've had Arfield getting into the space between midfield and defence, you've had people shooting from distance, you've had Ryan Jack breaking on, you've had Defoe's movement, which is a completely different thing to what Morelos offers. And I think that if ever there was a game where you're thinking, well, thank goodness we've been trying something different recently, it's it's this one. Yeah, and 
Scott Arfield's going to be so important. Um, as you said, he's now only team that he's found. I think that has got to be his position going forward now. Um, it would be just mental if we were to change that back with him just sitting in the middle. Um, he's sort of kind of playing off uh, from the left. Um, and I, I would keep him there. I know Ryan Kent's going back, so what I would actually do is I would take Candace out and put Kent in the right. Um, cause I don't I don't know if... I'd be interested to hear your opinion, but do you think Arfield would be as effective if he was to, if he was to play off the right as he does on the left? Uh, yeah, because I uh, remember the the first of the matches he did play um, against Hearts. He he did well, play uh, on the the right because Ryan Kent played that before starting his suspension. To be honest, I was I was slightly concerned because he was so good that night that when he moved that to the point where I wondered I wonder if the gaffer might play Daniel Candace on the right, but he didn't. He swapped he swapped him around and he's worked well there as well. I think because Chris he, he plays with a lot of freedom in that role. He doesn't you know he starts off on on the left, but uh, he, he, he drifts in a lot. Yeah. And I think he can be, uh, more importantly, I think he can be as effective on either side, but I, I think you can swap both of them. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see what he does. I think, um, no matter what, I think Kent has to come back in for Kendes, and that's no that's no slant on Kendes. He's done he's done okay. Um, he was a little bit frustrating against Hearts, but he done some good things as well. And that's just Daniel Kendes for you. I think you've said repeatedly, David, that if Daniel Kendes done the good things more consistently than not, then he wouldn't be playing for Rangers. So we have yeah. to accept that part of his game. But with Kent, he just gives you something different um, to what Kendes does. Maybe Kent isn't as hard as uh, a harder worker than, than Kendes. I don't but, think anybody is. Well, why? That's true. Um, and there is obviously that slight concern with Tavernier no having Kendes covering them. But again, I don't think Aberdeen are that kind of team where you have to worry about that. So I would certainly would um, drop Kendes for Kent just because he gives us something different. Um, and I feel, as I said, that role either on the left or on the right, well, you're absolutely right. He does have the, the freedom to kind of move along the line going for the left, centre to the right. Um, that has got to be his position going forward. Now, Arfield is a brilliant player. Um, I've, I've always liked him. The frustration I've had with him is two things. His injuries and fitness isn't always there, so that's been frustrating. And second thing, when he is in the middle, he does sort of kind of drift out the games a, a little bit and he isn't as effective. Whereas when he's kind of playing up top off the striker, he, he's always there or thereabouts. Um, so it will be interesting to see if he keeps it. As I said, Certainly moving forward, I, I think that should be Arfield's position um, until the end of his Rangers career, if, if I'm honest with you. Because, what is it, five goals he scored, is it? In the last yeah, he's, he's uh, five and three. And yeah. The reason that I, I agree with you totally is that I think that when you play him, firstly, it's not like playing him there keeps somebody, like a, a, an undroppable player out the side. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. if you decide to play him right or left, um, that you then go, ah, but where are we going to put him? I think... There's no outstanding candidate there. So then it's a case of when he plays in midfield, I totally agree with you. Because he's one of a three, he's got to work harder defensively. He just he has to. And he has to go. And he does. You know, he, he, you never can say that he doesn't give you a shift. But he goes back a lot deeper. You see him a lot more in front of the back four at times, you know, helping out. Whereas with this, we have the three in behind him. We've got Davis sitting deeper, and I think he's finding his position now as well. And then you've got two guys in, in Kamara and Jack, who are both athletes, who both have got terrific engines, who both got good mobility around that midfield. So it allows Scott Arfield to concentrate on what he is, you know, wants to do, what he's best at, and that's attack. Yeah. And the other thing about it is because he's up there and doesn't have to keep dropping deep. He still has the ability that makes him a decent midfielder. He still can put in tackles. He still can close people down. 
and we've got goals from that recently with the Rangers players snapping into the challenge. One of the things I've thought in the last few weeks, Chris, was the, the manager had spoken at the start of the season about the fitness training that they were doing both there and in Spain, and that it would, you know, you would see the, the effects of it late in the season. And the last few weeks I have. Um, and I may be you know, obviously wrong or mistaken, but I've thought we've looked fitter than the opposition. And I would even include, if you look at the Celtic match, you know, we'd 10 men for an hour and you couldn't tell in the second half. So yeah. I, I think there may be something in that. No, definitely. I think, I mean, we, we'd all get, we've all get the battle scars really for the last couple of years. Um, you look at last season under Murray, we get beat 3-2 off Celtic at Ibrox and we just fell off a cliff. How many is expected the same thing to happen after we get beat at Parkhead? I, I totally expected that. I thought, right, this is it. We're just going to fall, fall away here. Um, and it's going to be patchy form at best. Um, but as you said, at Parkhead, down to 10 men, we were by far the better team, certainly in the second half. We clocked up the miles. The game after that, it looks as if we weren't affected at all by playing basically the majority of the game with 10 men. And then last week, uh, we had Motherwell uh, at Firth Park. And then last week at Hearts, we just looked absolutely a really, really fit side. Compare that to the last couple of years, it is, mm-hmm. it is really night and day. So, no, I can I can totally see where he's, where he's coming from from that. And not only that, the, the fact that it's benefit, benefiting them now, getting into pre-season, they're only going to get fitter again. Because they're now yeah. used to the regime, so you would hope you'd see even a, a more uh, improved fitness from everyone for getting into next year. Definitely. Now, the the main story of this week since since we last uh, uh, we last put a show was obviously Rangers are taking on Liverpool under twenty threes in a bounce match at Ibrox, um, which you know can happen. But it was quite an experienced Rangers team. A lot of what we might consider fringe players played. And a lot of what we might consider fringe players played really badly because the uh, experienced side were, was down 4-0 to the Liverpool under-23 side when at half-time the Rangers uh, coaching staff made four changes and brought on a raft of youngsters and they changed the game with Rangers eventually coming back and drawing four each. Uh, goals, two goals from Dapo and Beauty, uh, a goal from Glenn Middleton, and a goal from Josh McPake now. Uh, the manager then had uh, had an interview on RTV in which he called the first half performance embarrassing and sung the praises of the youngsters. And this has led to some speculation that there were a few of the players in that, that team that started uh, against Liverpool under-23s who perhaps have worn out their welcome with the manager. Now, it, it was a very strong team on paper, Chris. There were a lot of guys who we have seen it, uh, in and around the first team squad this season. Um, it would appear that, given the amount of recruitment Rangers are doing, because on top of, as we all know, we're out for three or four quality attacking players, we are bringing in Bosmans and you know younger signings, etc., to, to fill the squad. Uh, it looks as though there is going to be a bit of a clear-out in the summer of some of the guys who maybe haven't had the impact that we might have expected? Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall for some of them. Um, that's what I took from the interview with Gerard. Um, namely, uh, and I might be harsh here, it might be harsh here and I single this guy out, but I think like your Kyle Lafferty's, the, the only ones that... That was the one that jumped to my mind. Yeah, well, yeah. C- yeah. Certainly, certainly myself, yeah. Um, I think uh, the gaffer's now kind of at the end of his teller with them. Um, uh, you know, looking at it, right, 
I, I was a little surprised that he called him out because it was just a kind of bounce match and stuff. But I think he's absolutely right to do so because getting beat 4-0 at half-time with the squad we had out, fair enough, the, the Liverpool under 23s probably still had a stronger squad just because of the, the, the quality of their, their um, youth team. But the fact that our young boys changed the game in the second half and we managed to salvage a draw from that, I think that kind of says it all for me. It does scream attitude, yes. Mm-hmm. And if... Lafferty's sitting on the bench, whatever, how much he's on a week. Not really con- contributed at all this season. And you can get young boys like, uh, you know, Dapo and Stephen Kelly, they can come in straight away and, and, and probably do a better job than them. So it's, yeah, I, I think I think uh, a few other time, uh, a few other careers with Rangers will, will be at an end in the summer. Um, it's I think I think Doran's played. I think he'd be the only one that I would excuse because I think he's not kicked a ball in about a year. No, and that that was great to see because there were rumours beginning to circulate that maybe, in fact, his injuries were so serious that he would struggle to play again. So to see him back in the side is is great. Just even you know from from his own point of view. Um, there were, as I say, a lot of you know, first-team players, Andy Halliday, Lasana Koulibaly, Joe Worrell, uh, the uh, the goalkeeper, uh, Wes Fodderingham, God, yeah. uh, Kyle Lafferty, as you, as you mentioned. You know, there was a lot of experience in this team, and I think for guys that haven't been seeing a lot of first-team action, even when the side hasn't been playing well, that he's not looked to bring them in. To me, yeah. speaks volumes. But you're right. Let's look at it from a positive point of view and say, you know, we had four youngsters who were given the opportunity to go and impress the manager, and they did so. And I love that because that's that's huge for young guys that you you might not get a lot of opportunities at a big club, obviously, because it's harder to get them. So when you get in front of the gaffer, when you get in front of the, the, the guy who makes the decisions, you've got to grab that opportunity. Glenn Middleton last summer did it, and I know um, he's, he's maybe fell off a wee bit recently. That happens to young players, but he got himself into contention because he took his opportunity, and I'm delighted to see that some of these young guys are going, right, I'm going to show you that I'm a better option than him. I love that attitude. Yeah, and it's also the, the same interview with Gerard. He, he did say... Um, I don't care if Rangers win the reserve league or not. I'm all about finding the next Ross McCrory or Glenn Middleton. So he's put the two the two boys as a sort of kind of benchmark for for the younger boys to kind of reach their levels. Um, so it's, I'm really excited about the current crop that we've got because it seems to me that they are impressing every week. They're they're winning more often than they're not. You always you always see one or two standing out. Uh, the same name uh, like your Stephen Kelly's. Um, the who's a boy, the young boy Dallas, is it? Yeah, Andy Dallas. Yeah, um, McPeak as well, and Dapple. His name's been about for for ages, it seems. Um, and I think, I think these boys can see a pathway now to the first team because of Ross McCrory, because of mm. Glenn Middleton. Um, and just on Glenn Middleton, he, he has dropped off a little bit, but he has backed down, he backed down a level, and he's he's too good for that level. So yeah, he's scoring it, left. Yeah. I think he's got some like eight in the last five yeah. reserve games. Yeah. So that that shows that yeah he's probably you know had a, a little bit of a brick wall with the first team but he'll 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 push through that that happens to young boys he's been yeah. down to that he's been down to that level he's realised well I'm actually better than this but his attitude could either be I'm not going to bother Martial or I'm going to show that I'm too good and he is showing that he is too good so yeah it'll just be a matter of time before he is in the first team again I agree and I think that he got a few minutes uh, last week and I think that was a reward for. 
as you say, going and showing the right attitude when he went back down a level. Not, you know, Billy Big Boss, I've been a first-team player, I shouldn't be here. He went away and he rediscovered his form and, and hopefully we'll, we'll see him get a wee bit of time before the end of the season. Now, um, just before we, we finish up for today, Chris, uh, the one other major thing I think that this came out this week happened today, uh, as we record, which is Thursday, and that was the leak of the new kits for next season. Official kit Rangers will have obviously a blue home kit, um, but it's a red away kit and a black third kit this season. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Obviously, it's it's uh, not not the clearest of images, but I think you can tell pretty pretty well what the strips are like. What's your take on them? I really like the home top. Um, the red top, nah, kind of hit and miss. I do like a a, a black Rangers top. I think the black Rangers tops mm. in the past have been pretty smart. This one's got sort of kind of a blue blue lines through it, maybe purple, I'm not too sure, because I just said it's not clear. But certainly the home top is one of the best I've seen in a while. Uh, I'm, I might be overestimating it here, but I, I really do like it. Um, I, I, also I, like, I, do, I think it's, it's, for those of you who haven't seen it, maybe perhaps haven't seen the images, uh, if you're not on social media, if you imagine the 1983 kit, the one with the pinstripes, without the pinstripes, that's this kit. Mm. Yeah, and I also like the fact that the chevrons aren't down the side now; they're on the they're on the shoulders. And small detail, but the Hummel badge is actually the ah, yeah, the logo badge. instead yeah. of the name. I, I like that as well. So, yeah, and there is there is rumours. It's uh, a little bit unclear that the the badge doesn't stick on this this time. It's embroidered. Yeah, which look, I get it. the The whole point of this is well, players don't have this because uh, it. It'll rub, and it's uncomfortable if they've got embroidered kits. So they have these. I don't know. That's great, but people who buy them for leisure wear, it's a different thing. And mm-hmm. that's maybe why you should bring out player issue for those of you who are going to go and play fives in it. Buy this one, and for those of you who are going to wear it to the game or whatever, get the embroidered one. Um, so no, I like. I'm, I'm with you. I like the the, the home kit. I think's a belt to the third kit. I really like as well. I'm the same. I like a black kit. The red one is pretty bland in all honesty it's just a red mm. top um it's plain I, I i don't mind it i don't think it would ever become a favorite but uh, i do think it's it's smart enough i just i yeah i like i like all three of the kits looking forward to when they go on sale okay then folks thank you very much for joining us if you want to hear a little bit more from chris then sign up to our patreon site it's uh, just 199 for one month and trust me you will thoroughly enjoy it It doesn't go up after that still just 199 and there is tons and tons and tons of content including this week you may have read in the papers about comments from colin hendry well you would have heard it because it came from an interview we did with him which broke on monday morning so why bother going to the press when you can just come to us and get the news from where they get it anyway so chris thank you very much can i have your prediction for sunday please I think we'll win. I honestly do. I think we'll win. Um, I'm fearful of a defeat, obviously. Um, cause yeah, because you're not getting back. Aye. Aye. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I think uh, Aberdeen will score as well, so I think it'll be uh, 2-1 Rangers. I'll go 3-1. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we'll we'll get one and then we'll go on and, and do quite well. So looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully when we're back on Monday, we have got a good home result against Aberdeen finally this season to discuss. Thanks to Paul Myers and uh, to Mike Lee, our producers, and we will speak to you again on Monday. Till then, take care and I hope your team win. Bye.
Smartcast Network.